When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone, it's the Aussie Queens here on Silent Podcasts, giving you everything you need to know about the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. I'm crab magnet Sarah Carradine and with me is my co-host, she's always TV honest, it's Annabelle Fiddler. Hello Annabelle. Hi Sarah, I'm fabulous. I haven't tasted any gross penises recently and I can't wait to chat this with you and just to you know everybody up front we are not going to be using a lot of slang for penises or making a lot of lewd jokes we're not going to work blue today so just grow up absolutely me making wang gags I would never I mean cock on (laughs) all right Willie Today we're covering episodes five and six, full spoilers for all the episodes that have aired and potential light spoilers for previous seasons. I will spoil the ratings up the top. So this week, 
uh, Amazing Race Australia was number one entertainment show for the under 50s and number one at the 7.30 slot for the under 50s. And that is up 5% on the same episode in 2022. So good news there. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear people are watching it. And I'm doing my bit to promote it to the over 50s. Both of my parents are watching it. Even tried to get my grandparents watching it today, but they were a little bit confused. Yes, it's a travel show. It's a travel show. (laughs) Well, let's move a dong and get this started. (laughs) Stop! Oh, Uh, my God. Uh, let's go to Langkawi, uh, back to the virtual pit stop or the keep on racing. The first task is to drive to a crab farm and catch five crabs. What did you think of this task? I enjoyed it. I mean, I went crabbing back in the day with my dad. and I thought Oh, you and cute. the princesses. I'm, you... <laughs> okay, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we need to talk about the skinny princesses. Did you feel like they were being very hard done by in this edit? We had them in their confessional talking about how they're not frightened of crabs. Immediately the screen flashes to them screaming at the crabs. They have a great crab catching strategy because they don't throw their net into the middle. And then we immediately see them cast their net into the middle. I think... The editors were really putting me on their side because I thought, oh, these editors, it might be something we don't know. They they did them pretty hard in these two episodes, consistently showing them being princesses, consistently showing them even saying, well, people are going to think we're princesses and we're not. <laughs> and being really the ones that complained seriously about the campsite, whereas I think a lot of the other complaining was a general sort of, Ho ho ho! I'm so privileged. This this campsite's terrible. But but they were actually cheerful. The other the other teams because the princesses even said, "Why are the other team, teams so cheerful?" So yes, I agree with you. Yes, I definitely think that they are not going to be winning this season. No, <laughs> based on no. <laughs> the and unfavorable f- show. Yes, Beck and Kate, we might be nicer to you this this time. Not that we were we bad will. last time, but you know, no. Sorry, Beck and Kate, I'll try and play nicely. Yes, we won't be thrusting any bad things onto you. No. So Darren, was... on the other Darren, hand. okay. Okay, go. I can't go any longer. We're four minutes and I haven't raged about Darren. I'm going to say it, Sarah. I don't care for Darren. I don't care for him at all. Wow. He's not my kind of guy. And I came into this with a crush you came on in him. Huge. I did. And I'm done with the attitude. I'm done with the sulking about the crabs and looking around and laughing at how stupid everybody else is. I'm done with him being sulky about camping, you know, constantly making little jabs at George. I am done with him um, complaining about every single detour, challenge, situation that we had to uh, to watch him participate in across these two episodes. I think he's got a bad attitude. I don't think he's kind. Um, and none of this extends to Tristan, who I truly adore. But he's not having a bad time in a fun way, like, say, Pam that we've seen. Or even with Jackie, it was quite funny sometimes it's just sulky and when you've got someone who's actually doing really well in the race they have so much less to whinge about I was going to ask are you done but I feel there may be more sprinkles as we go oh there's so much more as we go there is so much (laughs) more so much more 
All right, let's get rid of this crab task. You have to throw the baited trap into the water. Apparently the trick is, as uh, Beck and Kate tell us, to have it close to the to the uh, banks because that's where the crabs like to be. The people who were the most successful were patient. They basically threw it out and waited and were able to pull in five at once. Others were doing it one at a time. Lots of screaming and carry on. My father was a marine biologist, so every time I see people not being able to pick up crabs on Survivor here and in any other way, it's really easy. You just take them by the shell. I'm I'm indicating in this in this very audio medium, you take them either side of the shell with your fingers and they their clippers can't reach behind their backs. Anyway, that's all I'll say about crabs. Then they had a second part of the task, which I thought was was a bit strange. They had to take them to Sanang Beach or Chenang Beach and sell the crabs for at least a hundred ringgits. Very differing uh, ideas of how to do this. Uh, Annabelle, who was more successful, do you think? I thought this was one of the places where Yana and Core were being highlighted. Um, and so even earlier in the crab challenge, we see a lot of Cora and Yana bickering. You know, Yana loves bossing Cora around. And then Cora has his signature teenage line, which is, Mom, listen to me, Mom. No, Mom, you never <laughs> listen to me. Mom. I hate um, you. <laughs> I love them so much. They make me laugh so much when they bicker. So we saw kind of, I would say, three different strategies. We had the celebrity angle that Darren took, which was just going, and George, we saw this as well, and basically being like, look, I'm on TV, do me a solid, you're a tourist, help me out, it's 30 bucks, it doesn't really mean that much to you, get on TV. Um, And that worked quite well. We saw the desperately begging locals and... non-Western tourists for money who basically got increasingly irate. And the third strategy, which we saw Core come up with the idea, but actually Emma and Haley went straight to this and it wasn't really highlighted. And that was going directly to the restaurants. And that seemed to be the most quick and successful method. Yes, I mean, I absolutely agree. It made complete sense. And in fact, the very first people that Yana and Cor approached said, oh, perhaps try that restaurant. And then Cor was trailing behind going, oh, mum, you don't listen. We're going to go to the restaurants. And then they did. And then she said, oh, that worked. Well done. It's like, yes, well done. <laughs> I find this all just a little bit uncomfortable. The The cameras are there on the beach while people are trying to have their holiday in their bikinis. They're being pressured on camera to hand over money. I mean, what is a tourist going to do with five live crabs or indeed even one? And I was a little bit worried about the little crabbies. I am a meat eater. I don't have any problem with ethical treatment of animals and, and relieving them of their life and then eating them. But I do worry about eight buckets of five crabs except the ones that went to the restaurant what are they gonna do with them I did like the local who said sorry I don't have a wife (laughs) (laughs) every woman wants five crabs you heard every woman if I had a wife I would take her five crabs they all surprisingly do get 
rid of the crabs. There is a cream for that. They get rid of the crabs fairly easily. Rush to the next uh, thing, which is finding Mr. Zany. And now they are told they have to fly from Langkawi to Penang in the morning. And so they have to camp on the beach. Darren and Tristan are first. I was going to say, of course, but ha-ha, not for long. Uh, But they're certainly first to the campsite and Darren is looking for the glamping section. I thought this looked great. I would pay money to be on that beach with that view in those little sturdy tents. It looked like glamping. They looked pretty sturdy. They were pretty spacey. I mean, I know some of the taller ones couldn't fit their feet in, but, I mean, come on, just lie in fetal position, people. Um, I yeah, thought it was spoon. In- just be big spoon, small spoon. Yeah, come on. We saw that Emma and Haley called out Darren and Tristan as being the top threats and, you know, that they, they're calling it the Darren and Tristan race. Um, so I thought it was interesting that they were starting to to stand out quite a lot. Teddy, we have a good confessional with Teddy and, and Harry where the producer asks them if they'd known it would be this hard with camping, would you have come on the show? <laughs> and by the prolonged silence and look, I think the answer is no. And, and actually, yeah. this is really the first time we've seen these two stop having fun they've had a really great attitude cracking jokes the whole way through and here in episode five their soul is officially crushed harry Mm -hmm. cannot smile anymore we have the crab dance the cute little crab dance they do at the start and that's the end of the shenanigans yes and the, the the folding boats is almost going to to be the end of them but i have i i suspect they will rally i hope so I think they will as well. They seem to be sort of on the comeback by episode six. Uh, I mean, my favorite part of the beach with Teddy and Harry was when they have that cute little moment with Corey and and Teddy's like, oh, I was so dumb when I was 16. You're doing so well. And I was like, oh, when you were 16 and now maybe. (laughs) But they're so tall. They're so muscly. They don't fit in the tent. Yes, I did love that moment on the beach, the the Harry Teddy core of it all and core just just loving being there. They all got a swim. It looked absolutely beautiful. So even the people that had complained perhaps a little bit when they first arrived became cheerful. We didn't see the princesses become cheerful. So I think either they never did or we aren't being shown it. Certainly Darren was thrilled to cruelly point at the sea when they said, where's the shower? Where's Absolutely. The, where's the facilities? Where's the toilet? And he's pointing at the sea. We and I, I think Teddy and Harry genuinely had a bad time camping as well. We don't really see them bounce bounce back from the camp. I thought it was really good to see Emma and Haley and Ben and Jackie, who were both good humoured about the camping from the start. We had a really nice relationship moment between Jackie and Ben, where she's recognising that she's deteriorating emotionally and that it's it's causing them stress as a team, but. You know, we see she can't really do anything about it. And this this downward spiral for Jackie started last week. Um, and then this obviously is is the final straw for them. Yes, I was starting to worry about they haven't been my favorite, but they haven't done anything, they haven't done anything to me. <laughs> yeah. But I was worried with how much Ben and Jackie content we were getting, that it might mm. be signaling their end. We were getting a lot of Yana and Core 
as well, which would have been worrying, but they're so far at the front. I could, you know, and but, you know, a single task can turn you around. But I, I was worried about um, Ben and Jackie. I love them all being at the same place overnight. So there was a little bit of intermingling. George and Pam come last. George has told Pam on the beach to use her flirty, pretty looks to sell the crabs. And they finally sell the crabs to two Australians who clearly have no idea who George is. So that that did make me smile. I'm a big fan <laughs> of George, but yes. I love George. And we saw, I can't remember, was it actually in the episode? Because we definitely saw it in the previews last week where Darren's whinging about how all George does is talk about Survivor and camping with him was unbearable. Uh, yes, I think that was, <laughs> was in the previews. Uh, they've, <laughs> kept, uh, they've kept up this uh, rivalry, which I at first thought was one-sided, on Twitter, if anyone would like to seek, seek oh. that out. I'm not going to give it heat, but if you... If you follow George or if you just have a look at George, you'll see some some backwards and forwards that is less than uh, jolly spirited, shall we say, which I has made wait. me somewhat to, to turn against Darren. But also what, uh, read it with, with, with enormous uh, alacrity, of course. I feel further justified in my Darren hating. He's just not. And, you know, Darren. Darren <laughs> is a real celebrity. You know, and I get it. He's probably like, ooh, reality star and Survivor. What a trash reality TV show. That's not a real uh, a real thing to celebrate. That's not real talent. You're a nobody. Why are you even talking about your nobody stuff? And it's so condescending and dismissive. And he was so condescending on this camping trip. Oh, well, why don't we get George to cook since he's such a big time Survivor expert? It was so unnecessary. It's not funny he doesn't pull it off in a hilarious way it's just catty and mean yes and George does have the advantage over all of them you know he perked up when he saw this campsite he knew that it would affect all of the others physically and mentally you know perhaps including Pam but not including him he said I feed on people's weakness and misery <laughs> Totally. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we see it more at the Jimmy Choo challenge in the next episode, but one of George's talents is poking the bear, jab, 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 getting people really riled up. And then when the other person snaps, it's the other person who comes off looking poorly, like the bad guy. And we've seen him do it on Survivor. We're now seeing him do it on The Amazing Grace again. And so no doubt he has been really riling Darren up. But Darren's lack of control over his emotions and um, the portrayal of the things that he's saying in these moments do end up making him look like the unlikable one in that situation. Yeah, because you could just enjoy George, or at or at most you could be TV honest and enjoy George. If you like. <laughs> like he's doing it deliberately. It's fine. You're a grown man. Just don't. So we get to Penang. Very very happy to get to Penang. It's definitely a place if you haven't been. It's a place to be. Pile of tiles or burn your boat. They couldn't figure out how to do burn your boat with a rhyme. They tried all sorts of things <laughs> potentially and then they thought, ah, burn your boat. It's fine because it's a sort of pun on burn your boats, burn your bridges, burn your boats, whatever it is that you might like to do. Now, do you play Mahjong? 
I don't play Mahjong. I mean, I have played Mahjong before, but if you ask me to put together a Mahjong set, absolutely could not do it. And I think Burn Your Boat was obviously the better better one to pick. Everybody who did that finished first. I think mostly because while it is fiddly and complicated, there's a way to strategize around it. Whereas I felt with Mahjong, if you didn't know, that was it. You were stuck. You just didn't know. Do you have experience with Mahjong? Yes, I play Mahjong. And the thing is, if you do know a Mahjong set, everybody that knows Mahjong can go and get a cup of tea now while I lay some knowledge on on other people. They're tiles, as you saw. There are three suits. There are bamboos, characters, and circles. And in each of the suits, there are nine, one to nine, and each of those tiles has four. So that's fairly straightforward. You wouldn't know that there were four, but you could probably identify that fairly easily. Then there are the winds, north, south, east, west, and there's four of each of those. Okay, you might be a bit, oh, I don't know whether, should there be a, what's a set of these? I don't know. And then the ones that would really trip you up is the flowers and the seasons, and there's only one of each of those eight tiles. So I think if you haven't seen one before, I was thinking, how would you figure it out? And also they don't fit in the square that's provided. There will be a gap uh, because of the 144 and they don't know it's 144. I thought it was a great challenge. Everybody that did it passed it eventually after 14 or 15 tries or going to get a local as Darren did. And I think that people would be, probably could could have put together the suits Knowing that there were four of each maybe would be something that they would have to do a trial and error of. They had a general idea from the square. So I think it's a good challenge, but it's a hard challenge. And it's certainly one that you should choose because the boats is a subjective decision about whether you've got it right or not, to to some extent, whereas the tiles are an objective, getting it right or not. One thing that I thought was odd, maybe we didn't see it, is that uh, the Wiggles finally pass and they run off in in high pleasure and Ben and Jackie are left still trying. Now, the Wiggles set was right beside them on a table, completed, and they didn't mess it up as they left. So I was quite surprised that Ben and Jackie didn't just go and get a sneaky glance. We didn't see that and I was surprised and we saw Darren went and got help from the locals and that was quite effective. Nobody else tried that either. We, you know, Haley and Emma took 12 shots to get it correct. Jackie and Ben took 15 and and at no point did either of them seem to try something else. I mean, possibly they did and we just, as you said, didn't see it. And on that note, it did surprised me I guess to a certain extent as an amazing race casual that we aren't really seeing any collaboration between the teams no one's really helping out anybody else is is it poor strategy to help out other people it depends on your placement in this task it would have not been good for the wiggles to help Ben and Jackie because as far as they know they're fighting for last place if you're higher placed, it is easy to to help or call. For example, at the Lantern Challenge, if you had someone you were in alliance with, you could tell them the word 
as long as you were running out as they were running in. So you can collaborate and help, but you've got to be very strategic about strategizing. Uh, So it's right that that Emma and Hayley did not help them, nor did Jackie and Ben uh, ask. And interestingly, once they leave, Ben says, oh, well, that's it then. And Jackie says, no, we are going to finish it. And we see her really come to the fore with her determination and her endurance. We really do. Good on her. She, Even though she was quite stressed out in this episode, she didn't give up. She kept persevering. She said, look, this is the first time I've seen Ben start to throw in the towel, so that's concerning. It's time for me to rally. Uh, The other question I had about this, Sarah, because, I mean, Darren regrets choosing Mahjong the moment he gets there. We haven't yet seen a team this season switch out on a detour. I thought it was something that they they could choose to do. As far as, I mean, it always has been, and I don't know why that would change this time. I was very surprised that Harry and Teddy didn't swap from the boats to the Mahjong, which may have Mm. stumped them as well, but... I yes, I was surprised at both of these non-swaps. There, I think there probably comes a bit of this the sunk cost fallacy. We're here now. Um, it depends on how close the two detours are to each other. If you can see the other detour, you're more likely to go, well, let's just pop over the fence and do the boats. But particularly with navigation, we're here now. We know where we we know where we are. Uh, I think that can kind of overcome you. And they are tired. They had to keep on racing and then they had a night on a beach. So, Mm. uh, yeah, and several of them looked very tired. Strangely, Jackie just looked better and better and better as the leg went on. So having been a bit neutral on them, I'm very much team Jackie and I'm sorry that, uh, that we lose them here. Yeah, same. I really like their relationship. They seem really supportive of each other. And um, I I also felt quite warm towards them by the end of this episode. And uh, before we get angry messages from Mahjong enthusiasts, I missed out one other tile, which is the dragons. There are three dragons, red, green and white, and there are four each of those. So if you've been shouting at your earpods for the last two minutes, thank you. I somehow in the past heard your cry and have corrected myself. So there we go. Delete the tweet. Delete the tweet. Delete the tweet that you had all prepared and ready to go. Uh, Let's go to the boats. Tell me about the boats. I enjoyed the boats. I quite like a bit of origami. Um, I think because I have good attention to detail and memory for steps. I liked that people clocked, and I believe it was Ali and Angie who first thought of this, to just go and watch them do five steps, come back, recreate those for all of their boats, and then go back and get the next ones. That seemed quite logical to me. We also saw the start, I mean, honestly, Georgia and Pam, king and queen of beefing with the other teams. This is where we start to see the origins of their conflict with Harry and Teddy, where Teddy tells us in confessional that they call George and Pam their insurance policy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because no matter how badly we're doing, we know that we're always going to be in front of them. So they're very concerned when George and Pam finish the detour first. That can't be a good sign. Yes, I mean, Darren even says if you're seeing George and Pam, you're in a very bad place because they end up seeing them at the on the way to the pit stop where they have just a small 
task to get five dumplings. I wanted those dumplings. Did they look good to you? Oh, they did look yummy. Yes. I love mm. dumplings. I love mm. them. And and George is always fun when he's being optimistic in these situations. And again, a condescending way. He goes, oh, this is quite relaxing. We can beat the boys, Pam. They're getting quite flustered. Look at them. Yes. yes. <laughs> no wonder the boys are over him. <laughs> it seemed to me that Ali, not only did Ali and Angie's um, method prove to be good because they come in first, but it's similar to cause with the fruit basket. Just go and look at one thing, look at one thing, and then and then do that. And they were doing five steps and thinking about shapes, and they were enjoying it. More importantly, they were enjoying it. And then it was lovely because these. This is not origami. This is in fact uh, sending money to your family who have passed through the veil, and so you burn it to send them money. And as it burns, you think about your relatives that have passed. And so we have these slight little moments of teams taking a pause to think about something bigger than themselves and to think about something bigger than the race, which I always like. I liked it too. It meant that we got to know the players a little bit more and hear more about their charities and and their personal connection to them. So I definitely thought that that was a sweet moment. So let's get to the pit stop. I've got to say, this was my favourite. The lady who was there with Bo, icon, queen, get her on the show every time. Bo has finally found a greeter to banter with him and she takes him on and she's an absolute queen. Not only does she match his energy, she raises him one. And she's wearing pink. We love her. Yes. So on the way, they have to get the the dumplings and they have to find, it seemed that the finding of directions, as always, is tricky. And George insults my people. He says, don't listen to Danish tourists, Pam. How dare you? <laughs> I love him. My other favourite one was, again, you know, Yana menacing core. Core, hurry up. We don't want to come last. Mom, we aren't coming last. Oh, mom. Oh, mom, we're not coming last. <laughs> I love them. And the really intense, like, speed walking race at the end between Ali, Angie, and Bet Kate. So oh, so funny. It ends up being a three way foot race. Ali and Angie coming first, Beck and Kate coming second. And Yana and Cor, I told you, Mom, we weren't last. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> mom. <laughs> Uh, they are third. George and Pam, fourth. Love what a that comeback. for them. Come back. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Darren and Tristan, the hot shots, according to Bo, fifth. Yes, and then we have Harry and Teddy, and Harry looks supremely over it. He has not had a nice time. He is exhausted. He's sweaty. Fortunately, Teddy still has a sense of humour and says they'll recover after Manny Petties. They'll feel better tomorrow. And and they definitely do start to regain their sense of humour. But they aren't in the same spirits they were when we were watching them a couple of weeks ago. So true. But we see this with uh, Ben and Jackie and also with Harry and Teddy and other teams. One of you has to be up. You cannot both be down. You cannot both give up. It's like if you're both tired and grumpy, you have to rock, paper, scissors for who's allowed to be 
tired and grumpy and the other one has to be cheerful and energetic it just it's the way a team works and we've seen teams sink by both falling into a defeatist attitude or falling into their their tiredness Mm, yeah and this is now next we have Emma and Haley coming in trying to fight Ben and Jackie to to make it into the last spot I'm surprised to see the Wiggles fall so low. They've had such a strong showing this season. The Daihatsu Charade with the V8 engine. This is the worst placement they've had. Mm. So I'm really glad that they stayed in, even though I am gutted for Ben and Jackie. And we see Jackie crying a bit. and, And Ben points out, look, we're here to raise awareness for our charity, the Moira Foundation. We got to say its name again on national TV. Now we get to go home to our boys. We've done our job. And I do really love their relationship. Yes. And unlike unlike George on the beach, Ben gets recognised in the crowded market as he runs through by some Australians. And as he says, nothing better than some drunk Australians to give us some pep. (laughs) It doesn't matter where you go in the world, you will find a drunk Aussie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we say goodbye to them and then we start episode six, uh, room service, amazing race style. They get their clue tucked under the door. This was odd, but okay. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I've actually been to Georgetown. So they're now in Georgetown, Penang, and it is an absolutely beautiful city. My favourite part of the room service, of course, Yana Core. Yana is micromanaging Cor's sun cream application, oh, telling yes. him that he needs to start with oh, the face. Oh, no, oh. Mom, I know how to apply sun cream. Mom. <laughs> Cor, we love you. We know you don't sound like that. It's just, it's just making us laugh to, to talk like that. So they have to get uh, to the I'm oldest. I'm making fun of myself more Yes. When we do these voices, everyone, it's it's all us. It's all us. Look, if Teddy was more unintelligent uh, than Cor at that age, I can tell you, Cor, I was significantly brattier. Yes. They have to find the oldest fire station by Trishaw. It's three-wheeled. That's what the Tri stands for, Ali and Angie. They want to catch a Trishaw. <laughs> and Harry's looking for a donkey. <laughs> Harry's looking for a donkey. Uh, and Twitter, Twitter was very down on the mispronunciation. Come on, Twitter, grow up. But yes, I wrote that down too. So you know. Okay, you were Twitter. You were the one complaining on Twitter. Twitter. I uh, also we can't skip over the lift conflict between George oh, and Darren. I where... loved it. I hated it, but I loved it. This was peak George as well, who we know is acutely aware of this being a television product. And it's part of what makes him so popular with the producers. You know, he he's aware this is the way we do things. This is us getting our lift shot and talking about our strategy as we go into the elevator. Darren, you're getting in the way. Darren's making cheap shots at George. Like, well, I feel very nervous when I see you in the race. Um, and, and things like that. It, it was the beginning of what goes on to be more intense tension between the two. Yes, and Darren and Tristan managed to hop ahead on the lift. Like, it's only moments, but uh, George does not like that. 
It's petty. It's petty. Yana and Cor have a very old driver. Don't worry. He'll get there. And anyway, Yana, you could hop. You could hop on. <laughs> Drive you it yourself pedal. if you have to. You pedal. <laughs> you pedal. All right. So the detour is treats or eats. Now, Annabelle, I know you call yourself a casual, but I would suspect that even you know, never choose eats. Never. It's always a, quote, gross food eating challenge every single time. And it was a shame that the first four teams to get who got to make the decision were probably four of the ones who had were least equipped to deal with this. I mean, Beck and Kate tell us they're super fans of the show, but I can't see them choosing a cultural food eating challenge if they thought that's what it was going to be. I was reading yes. George's exit interview as well this week, and he said that the reason they opted for treats was because the Eats Detour was already full, so they were forced to go to treats. And I wonder if this is the reason why people aren't switching out on detours like I asked about before because there is a cap on the number of teams at each. They want them to have an even split between the two and and maybe that's kind of dictating where people go if you're last to get to the detour. Yes, we see this in uh, Amazing Race Prime that there is a, a capped number of places. Do you wait for someone to finish do you go to the other one? Again, depending on how close. I would have liked to have seen that there were only a certain number of tables for this challenge. But, yes, the princesses call themselves super fans. I'd buy that they were fans. I'm not sure I've seen super fandom, but, you know, they got through the eats, which is soup with, I like soup, ginger, like ginger, that was my nickname at school, cloves. Yeah. Very nice. Bull's tongue. Okay, it's a muscle. We eat we eat cow muscle meat all the time and a tongue is just a muscle. That's fine. And a bull's penis. It's an aphrodisiac apparently. I I mean, look, I'm a vegetarian, so I couldn't eat either of these things. I'm not an awful girly. In my mind, the penis would actually be easier to eat it's softer by the looks of things they were slicing it fairly easily whereas to my knowledge tongue is actually quite chewy um and and the penis was a lovely soup with ginger and cloves and things like you know I, I thought that the penis might have actually been quite nice am I missing something uh, I I cannot attest I can neither confirm nor deny on Twitter someone's husband said he had eaten the penis soup and that it was nice but chewy. So I think okay. there was a chewiness there. Texture gets a lot of people. I don't I'm not I'm okay with texture, but it texture does get people. And I think also thinking about what the item is gets to people. I just don't like a local delicacy or a local food being presented as a gross food. And having Australians or Americans or whoever, whoever the contestants might be, Western contestants, screaming and crying and vomiting oh, at the vomiting. thought of somebody else's cuisine. I, I've said it before. I'm not fan. I'm not a fan of the eating. 
challenges for those reasons. Plus, I don't want to hear and see someone vomiting or many someone's vomiting. (laughs) They were all vomiting. And I agree. I mean, I think it's been discussed at length across the podcast community that these gross cultural delicacy eating competitions are insensitive. Um, I did think that this was a good moment for Darren, though. Darren did uh, vomiting impressions of all of the other teams who were there. And and they were really funny. His uh, <laughs> The way he perfectly encapsulated the princess uh, vomit that was coming from Beck and Kate versus Yana's footy jock vomit, where <laughs> she had the the baseball cap on backwards. She's violently vomiting and then stuffing down more food. I think they end up coming out of that detour first. So good they on do. them. They did, they did very well. I mean, it was basically shove it down, chew, vomit, shove it down, chew, vomit, which was a way to, she just took it as a challenge. Uh, I think Darren got through by amusing himself with the impersonations and also by chanting tofu, 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 tofu. And, in fact, they were the only ones who didn't vomit or, indeed, we didn't see vomit. Ali and Angie were vomiting on each other. Girls! (laughs) Oh, Angie was great in this when they have that confessional where Angie said, I think this might be the the worst penis I've ever tasted. (laughs) Hee hee. And her daughter, Ali, is absolutely horrified. (laughs) And it just made me love Angie more than I have ever. I thought, you go. But she did have it. to she did have to say, when you vomit, could you turn the other way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see, I'm enjoying the vomiting, even though I said, but look, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. And I also think it's culturally really insensitive. So I mean, we have had with the, the Amazing Race Australia in the past, eat 20 dry wheat fix. There is a food eating challenge I can get behind because it's very difficult to do, but you're not uh you're not really wasting much food and it's it's surprisingly hard to do as we saw a couple of seasons ago. Yes. Let's go to the dessert challenge. Tell us about that. So again, I really felt like the team split here was an odd one. You know, it was it was George, Pam, Harry and Teddy who I wanted to see chowing down on the penis. Um whereas I thought Kate and Beck, Ali and Angie might have been happier off making the treats. Nevertheless, this did mean we got to see the the tension rising between Harry, Teddy, George and Pam. My favourite bit was George kind of breathing down Teddy's neck as he's trying to (laughs) slice up the treats. And Teddy's like, oh, they're so bad at everything. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you're not covering your your work, so why not go and look? George would have looked at the next table for the Mahjong answer. It 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 looked at first as if it was tricky, but, again, it was just detail. So it was this beautiful-looking little gelid dessert in different colours and you had to cut it into parallelograms if that's what they are, maths, tell me all about that, and then arrange them on a tray in a very, very pretty pattern. And George and Pam stumbled because they couldn't get the cutting right. I think once you cut the pieces, assembling them is, is a little bit of a breeze. 
Yeah, they did seem to struggle to start. Whereas, you know, our artistic queens, Come on. Emma and Haley, immediately understand the assignment and absolutely smash it. And those two, I'm so happy I have them on my draft. They're a great mm-hmm. team. Yes, yes, indeed. So we get to the roadblock. Who will walk in Jimmy Choo's shoes? They have to go to the Hong Kong shoe store where Jimmy Choo apprenticed himself to Mr. Wong, whose son is still there behind the last with his little hammer. And they have to assemble the ugliest pair of shoes I think I have ever seen in my entire life. There's a kitten heel or perhaps a slightly taller than a kitten heel. There's a brown front piece with a glued-on flower. That's when I vomited. Very tasteful. Very (laughs) tasteful. I thought this was really cool. I would have loved to have gone and done this. Oh, me too. It was crafty. I want to go and get some shoes made. Yes, Mr. Wong was very kind to them. He did send a couple of them back. Yes. Um, Ali struggled the first time her heel was slipping off. Um, we also saw Haley telling Emma off for not hammering the heel in hard enough. <laughs> she was getting her fingers. And Haley answered back, not angrily, but it's the first time we've actually seen a little moment between the sisters. I thought, oh, oh, you are. Well, they, they got a bit uh, sweaty at the Mahjong uh, challenge. I'm surprised they're not, they didn't grow up playing Mahjong, given that they, they can do everything. I know. I know. <laughs> Look, one way or another, everybody gets through fairly easily. So I'm now ready for Darren Rant. Are we at six or seven yet in this podcast? Because just again, just go. George understands the reality TV assignment. He's about to initiate a story-relevant conversation with Darren. That means it needs to be captured, okay? He's looking for a cameraman. Darren's snipping at him. You know you can just have a conversation without being on camera. Mate. This is why George is beloved by Channel 10. And this is why he's getting repeat gigs, okay? He knows what we're here for. Darren smashes him down, says, no, this isn't Survivor. George is like, mate, have you even watched Survivor? Surprise, surprise to no one. No, Darren hasn't. Probably thinks that, you know, all reality TV is garbage. Well, why are you on it? And, and unfortunately, once again, it, this is George's inability to connect with people and and form those those strong social bonds, which is getting in the way of his ability to form those strategic relationships as well. Um, you know, Darren's insulting yeah. him to his face. The bickering continues with Ted, Teddy and Harry. He's beefing with half the teams at this point. He is. I think that in Survivor he's used to fighting from the bottom, which you can do in Survivor, and you have cards or a card, which is your vote, so you have something to barter with. In The Amazing Race, as we we talked about before, alliances are fine, strategy is fine, but if you are consistently the last team to arrive, you have nothing to barter with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and 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 it is a shame. Though I do admire 
George's ability to continue smiling while someone is insulting him to his face. Yes. It is a top skill. Why are you so mad though? I like the way he looks at why are you why are you angry? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I've been riling you up, but oh my gosh. Oh my god, why Teddy are you and mad? Harry was so rude to me. All I was doing oh, was them from the sidelines. All I did was completely talk down to them as being just Instagrammers, and then they were rude to me. Oh, my stars. <laughs> Oh, this show is going to be a fraction of the drama and the fun without them. Oh, I know. I'm worried. I mean, even to on the beach when he met the Australians with and was going to sell them the crabs, he asked them where they came from. They said Melbourne and he said he came from Bankstown. George, never be off brand. Never be off brand. Never be off brand. So we go to the beautiful floating temple. I do like temple tasks because you can't run you can't talk loudly, and you have to be uh, barefoot or sock foot. So I always find it, even if they get agitated, it's a slightly calmer atmosphere. There are many paper lanterns in race colours hung from the ceiling with their tags flapping in the wind, and one of them has a secret word on it in English, and you must whisper it to the temple keeper for the next clue. And if I want to align with you, I will tell you on the way out that the word is dragon. Oh, mom, it's dragon. <laughs> oh, and then the brilliant thing that Cor did was after they found the word, he kept looking up, kept looking up. Very bad yes. acting. I am still looking for the word. It yes. was, uh, and Yana loudly says, to call, we better check the side again. But Beck and Kate didn't buy it for a second. <laughs> not for a second, not for a second. Because I, I think that there's a sort of a spring in the step and an alacrity, even though they're not allowed to run, when they descend from the top section, which many people didn't see. Again, it's like Ben going around the other side of the boat for the eagle souvenir. Don't just start straight away. Take a moment, take a breath look at the whole situation and see that there's an upstairs and a downstairs. I'm not saying that I would have immediately gone, oh, it has to be upstairs, but it must be said that the upstairs uh, was a fraction of, of the lanterns you, and you could have sort of knocked that out. Yeah, and unfortunately we see George convince Pam that they won't find it outside. So this is where Teddy and Harry managed to overtake them um, and, and head to the pit stop before them. Yes, they do say in confessional that their ego couldn't deal with losing to George. It's like, you know, it's a game, boys. It's a game. It's okay. In fairness, You'll be better men and women's egos have never recovered from losing yes. to George. Exactly. So there's a bit of a foot race to the mat again. I do love these foot races, feet race. No, foot races. <laughs> The pit stop hasn't been explained exactly where it is, so there's a bit of running around through this forest, almost like a national park. Where could it be? Where could it be? And then look up. It's a huge structure with a huge circular outdoor staircase, and it's going to be a foot race. Angie and Ali are courageous and brave, but they see that Yana and Cor are going to come first. So they, Absolutely. They, they step up, but they they already know it's not going to be a race. And Yana and Cor get the hotel upgrade. Yeah. When Ali said, there's no way I'm racing Yana Pittman up those <laughs> stairs, <laughs> same queen, same. No, yes. no, when the game is over. 
Yes. So Beck and Kate come third. And Darren and Tristan are fourth and the Wiggles are fifth, so they've both moved up a place. Then the tension. It's Harry and Teddy. It's George and Pam. Who will it be? Jess Lease, who we quote often on this program and will be answering our questions at a later date. She says, if you don't see both teams in the same frame, it is not as close as the editors want you to think. And sadly... I didn't see both teams in the same frame, so I did suspect that it was going to be George and Pam last. It was very sad. I mean, look, I loved when Teddy and Harry got to the pit stop. They have their post-game confessional and Harry's affectionately pinching Teddy's nipple, cuddling him and telling him he loves him. I'm glad they're staying in the game because they've been so much fun to watch. But, oh, George and Pam. George and Pam. Oh, I did love George hustling Bo to carry their bags back down the stairs. Though. And Bo does it. And he does it. George is like, oh, oh, is this still on camera? <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. So next time on Cambodia. We're going to Cambodia, where I've also yes. been. I mm -hmm. also, I did a little bit of math, Sarah, and I thought it might be worth taking a look now at the average placement of our yes, remaining please. teams. Yes. So first, uh, we've got Darren and Tristan, and their average placement is 2.8. The gap between first and second is the largest gap there is so they they're well in front coming in second we actually have Ali and Angie their average placement is 3.5 and and they they're an underrated team I think oh definitely because I thought you were going to say Yana and Cor mm, totally oh my so then not second Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> So then we have a tie for third. And as you say, Yana and Cora are getting a lot more screen time, a lot more kudos. They're in tied for third with an average placement of fourth, along with Emma and Haley, who, yes, they might be the turbocharged Daiatsu, but I don't think that they're given the same kind of relationship content that we're getting with we Yana and We saw nothing Cor. of them these two episodes, apart from them doing the tasks uh yeah absolutely all right so then in fifth place we've got teddy and harry who have an average placement of 4.5 and last we've got our skinny legends beck and kate who have an average placement of fifth so we've no longer got insurance policy george and pam in anymore do we think this could be the end for them next week well, it's interesting because all those teams that you mentioned are what you could say are strong teams to a greater or lesser extent. So I, I do not think that there's an insurance policy. That's fascinating. Yes. And there's only, I mean, there's only a 0.5 difference really between the teams. While there is a 2.2 place difference between Beck and Kate and Darren and Tristan, it's so closely bunched there. So it's really, I mean, it's 3.5 from Angie and Ali down to Beck and Kate at fifth. But between that, though, all of those teams, there's only a 0.5 placement difference. So I do think it could go anyway. Yes. So you would think that 
It could be Harry and Teddy. They are flagging. Strong boys have a lot of strength, but they don't have endurance. And the Angies and Yanas of the world have endurance. So it could be them or it could be Beck and Kate. I My prediction is I, I got a little flavour that maybe the Wiggles would be in trouble. I don't know. I mean, Cambodia can be a pretty confronting place to visit if you haven't travelled a lot. And we have seen Beck and Kate struggle when they're out of their comfort zone. They are going to be in a country where there's a lot of poverty. They're going to have to eat a deep fried spider. They're going to have to cover up and wear more than their bra and knickers. I I'm I am worried for them. Yes. I think I think that's a good call. I was not I mean I was not happy to see a deep fried spider as I would not be in real life. I was not happy to see it on my screen. But it is the amazing race. It's a kind of a, it's a signature, I suppose. I, but and also, I can keep complaining about it because it's my podcast, and we can do what we want. <laughs> in in fairness, in Cambodia, f- trying to flog deep fried spiders to tourists is a thing. Yes. <laughs> these idiots are eating the spiders. Come get a load of these idiots eating the spiders. Yes, exactly. We only ate these when we were in a politically induced famine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Twitter was a ablaze as it as it has been. Uh, George liked those ratings and claimed the ratings as his doing. They are fine, George. We'll give it to you. Facts. So Suke said, I bet the bull penis munchers will be sick again when they see how easy the treat was. <laughs> George and Pam would tell you otherwise. and George and Pam would have other things to say. Yes. And uh, Linda Fothergill said, why would people go for eats? Have they not ever seen this show? Exactly, Linda. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait to catch up on all the George Darren flame tweets. That's oh, exactly yes. what I'm doing once this podcast is over. As soon as it's over. Uh, Jen Lee said, I don't think Mr. Wong is very picky. I agree with you, Jen. Michelle McKay said, all those shoes are going straight to the bargain table. <laughs> <laughs> I but actually King think George wore them. That well, that's true. You. you can sell them for more. And uh, Circumference, spelt with a K, amused me by tweeting, I'm going to hear Dragon whispered on the wind for at least a week. (laughs) (gasps) Dragon! Dragon! (laughs) And uh, Circumference also posted a picture of Red Rock Deli Malaysian Beef Rendang Chips Chefs series in collaboration with Poe. Well, that's what I'm going to do when we finish recording. I'm going to go to Woolworths and get a packet of Red Rock Deli Malaysian Beef Rangdang Chips. Not a sponsor. Love that. <laughs> now, the Queen of Cups tweeted something curious. Ooh. She or he or they tweeted, unpopular opinion, I really enjoyed watching George. Um, Surely that's not an unpopular opinion. It is not. If you're a George hater this season, it's because you came in a George hater. George and Pam only made this show brilliant. They were such good TV on this. You know what? Everyone has their opinions about George and Survivor. 
they were objectively hilarious and good TV on The Amazing Race. Yes, if you didn't have a past with them, you would have enjoyed them. So, so Twitter was uh, divided about yay, they're gone, or oh, so sad, they're gone. Probably the yay, they're gone, slightly higher percentage, but not by much. And lastly, I just want to read a lovely exchange here. The Magician tweeted, I don't know if I can continue to watch The Amazing Race AU now that George and Pam have left. And George responded, keep watching The Amazing Race AU. It's a great show. And our rich tech said, not as good as now. And The Magician responded, why doesn't George have a hidden immunity idol? I don't understand. I demand production interference. Make this another non a leg. Well, there were a few tweets on our way to that, uh, to the pit stop, which were, were sort of watch it being a non- oh, watch it being a non-elimination round now. And I hope it's a non-elimination round. So, so <laughs> oh, Mom! it's not elimination round. Annabelle, uh, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? Well, I'll be leaving the family home to come back to Melbourne tonight. Cannot wait for the miserable weather again. You can hear Phil and I covering the Traitors Canada on Brink of Reality. And also, if you're an amazing race fan, check out Australian LRG on Instagram. Uh, We're going to be releasing our content from the local amazing race that we made the other week. Sarah, where can people find you? Well, they can find me standing fierce in the Traitors Canada. She is making that show. She is the George of that show. You can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things. You can find me every Tuesday on RHAP Reality TV Rehab-Ups when Murray Forth and I bring you a true crime review on Crime Scene S-E-E-N. And over on Post Show Recaps, Grace Leader, Brooklyn Z and I are fizzing about Our Flag Means Death Season 2. It's the finale coming up this coming week. And in November, I'll be covering The Buccaneers with Geneva Guadalupe. And Atonia Starks and I will try to unwind all the twists and turns of A Murder at the End of the World. Thanks to Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcasts. Till next time, remember... They have some great wang in Penang. Oh, Sarah, it's been so fun. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.